My name is Rick Enns. I'm lead pastor here at First Methodist Church in Canyon, and we are about to start a campus in Amarillo uh, in January of 2021. And I have with me Joe and Tate Lombard. And uh, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, it's. Uh, Do you grow <laughs> up listening to records at all? Yeah. Yeah. What, what was your when you were in high school? Uh, what what did you love to listen to? <laughs> well, I know. It could have been college. I liked Steppenwolf and Grand Funk Railroad. I was wow. in the rock and roll. You were the rock and roll. But I was up in Indiana. I wasn't in mm-hmm. country stuff yeah. down here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, uh, but the Beatles. Yeah. I remember seeing the Beatles come on the Ed Sullivan yeah. show. Um, so I liked a lot of rock and roll stuff back then. Yeah. When it got a little too heavy, then I started drifting away yeah. from that. But uh, did y'all have a record player in your house? Yes. Oh yeah. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Mm. Or one of the first? Um. You know, I I don't remember, but I do remember uh, we'd buy those forty fives where they just mm-hmm. had one song yeah. on them, and uh, I can't remember which one that we might have bought or we bought several because we had a stack yeah <laughs> and they had a stack of albums and uh so uh but yeah i can't remember but it was probably something rock and rollish i know yeah. and, you know we had a little elvis presley uh although he's a little before my time yeah and uh and then the Oh, I like the Beach Boys. We got into the Beach Boys stuff, so I'm sure Good Vibrations or California Girls was, uh, you know, in that. I wasn't into Lawrence Welk. I always made fun of my parents. Yeah, they like that. The What's Lawrence, that Lawrence Welk yeah, stuff? Exactly. I mean, what kind of stuff is that? And uh, so, uh, well, and I'm sure just being a coach, you know, sports and music kind of seem to go together. You know, yeah. And, each yeah. team probably had their songs or songs they get yeah. listened to, and oh, yeah. that's probably changed over the years. Yeah. I don't like all of it right yeah, now. Right, exactly. It's changed over the years. What are they listening to? That to? <laughs> what is that? That's when you know you're was, getting old, right? That was right? like Lawrence <laughs> Welk to me back then. Was, this, this is kind of funny. Like we, we, we went a few years. Well, we went last year and watched Texas Tech men's workout. Uh-huh. And I, we know that other we watched other things, but you know we started adding music to our workouts and a lot of teams do that now. And yeah, that's something. It's a know, new thing. Five, ten years ago, you, you know, Joel oh. Lombard wouldn't have that in his oh, practice. No would I have that in my practice? <laughs> He's over there cranking the music up during the workouts and uh, just a, something different. Like you said, learning yeah. and changing yeah. and evolving. And yeah, but yeah, we try to involve music into our. Yeah, I've, I've watched uh, one of those practices, not uh-huh. you know, on TV, and I was shocked by that that they yeah. had the music. It was like on. a concert. Yeah. I mean, right. uh, it's, when they. When they're when the players are doing something where the coaches aren't instructing them, boom! There's a student manager that's yeah, in charge of that. Starts, yeah, it's yeah. kind of trying to keep the energy level yeah. high. Oh, I guess yeah. and how music does that. Yeah. For, so during today's athletes, say sure. shooting uh, drills or <laughs> ball handling drills, where the coach doesn't have to be leading. Man, the music is on. That and is it's loud. That is fascinating. And yeah, it's, it is. Really, I kind of liked it. I, <laughs> and here all the time, I thought I wanted to hear a pin drop most of the time. Yeah. You know, but that <laughs> was pretty new. cool. I liked that's, it. That's neat. Very cool. Very cool. You Thanks have to, I, you know, nowadays more than old days. Maybe I and I was talking to Tate about this. You almost have to put on a uh, oh kind of production, but this 
We always use that phrase, make each day your masterpiece. It was a John Wooden mm-hmm. phrase. Yeah. But really, kids nowadays, it's like, and he he's done a great job. Man, you've got to put on a masterpiece there in practice. It's got to be, it's not just the same dull old practice that the old days, you know, that, man, it's got to be some new things and some fire in there and, uh, which I'm sure in the long run is probably a good thing, you know, makes it better. Yeah, that's neat. That's <laughs> Very cool. We've been doing a sermon series on entitled Get in the Game and on Nehemiah and, and what it means to to be a leader and what it means to get in the game as a follower of Christ and how uh, we integrate our life and our faith. And as we were coming up with a series and, and doing all that and talking about getting in the game, the first people that came to my mind were coaches and y'all specifically too, because y'all are part of our community of faith here. And uh, so I thought it'd just be fun to interview y'all talk about basketball, life, uh, faith, all those things. So, and uh, of course, anyone who follows, uh, especially high school sports knows you, you've had 20, how many 26 state championships between girls basketball and cross country. Which is amazing. Thanks. Hey, it's it's been fun. It's been a blessing to be called into coaching because uh, that's not what I when I got out of college. My thing was I'm I'm gonna make some money. I want to go into business. And you were uh, a business major, weren't you? I was a business major and uh, became a part owner of a sporting goods store. And uh, Babs and I had just married. She was coaching. Man, I I tell you, I got the uh, call or. Mm-hmm. whatever it was and i it's been my life has been uh like i never had a job never worked a day in my mm-hmm. life after i did all those summer jobs you right. know in mm-hmm. school but my career has been uh i mean there's lots of ups and downs in coaching sure. but my career has just been man nothing but fun and look forward to going yeah. every day to work mm-hmm. now so that's interesting because you weren't coaching and you hadn't thought of coaching, but you married yeah. a coach. I know. And so was Babs really kind of the spark? Yeah, she was because uh, what what I was working every day in the sporting goods from eight to six, six days a week. Mm. But when I could go to the gym and help her with her team and then and then just go up there and just uh, play and uh, – Babs said, hey, wait a minute. I'm tired of the gym. I want to go home. <laughs> I was wanting to go to the gym yeah. and work out with the kids. And, uh, man, I tell you, it was, it's been fun ever since. I mean, just uh, it seemed like the perfect fit. I had people in college say, hey, you want to grow up and be a coach? I said, what? I don't want to coach. I mean, what's that? I had no ambition to coach until uh, it was two years after I graduated that, boom, the switch came yeah. on. Yeah. And, uh so you got to experience the business world and owning a business mm-hmm. and working that. But mm-hmm. I guess the, the saying's true: behind every great man is a great woman. Well, there, that's who, right. Uh, <laughs> that's right. We better admit it too, <laughs> yeah. Tate. I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> How long have y'all been married now? Uh, Forty-five years. That's and amazing. That's, that's is amazing. That's, that's awesome. A, that's a awesome. That's more than half my life. <laughs> yeah. And what's what's neat? Uh, you were both coaches. So how how did that work? Was there any ever any uh, competition there or struggle? With- <laughs> well, Rick, you know uh, there is a story there that we did uh, we did play against each other one time, and 
I'm glad you asked me that <laughs> and not Babs. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, no, we are, our teams were close knit. And it was so weird that first year, my first year of coaching, I had no assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then at Christmas, her assistant retired. And so we both went to the state tournament that year, drove our yellow dogs mm-hmm. by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Although sister Adrian from Nazareth was with me yeah. on my bus and uh, we followed each other down the state tournament. She had no assistant coach, and uh, but we were young and dumb and crazy, and it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that year at the Crest Tournament, Nazareth beat Hale Center thirty-three to thirty-two. Wow. So, uh, and the story goes, when I got home, there was a doghouse in the front <laughs> yard, and uh, it had Happy Sleeping Joe on yeah. it. Wow. And then I went up to the door. It was locked. She wouldn't let me in, you know. <laughs> but it was a it was a school board member who had a daughter playing on the Hill Center team. So, uh, yeah, I'm one and zero against her. And uh, now with Tate, guess I'm two and one against Tate. Yeah. So uh, and Lindy, we never did play. Okay. So uh, <laughs> there you go. So anyway, bragging yeah. rights for whatever that's worth. <laughs> that's, that's neat. So. I'm just, I'm always fascinated when people, how people get into their career. So I didn't know that I knew you start out in business, but mm-hmm. just, you know, you sing Babs every day, coach, and just that spark. I liked it. Yeah. In there, that, that, that really set. In my, uh, now, my, did you, did you go to teach? Did you always want to teach girls basketball or? No, I didn't <laughs> want to teach girls. I mean, that was, I'd never seen a girls game until I came to Wayland. Wow. Back in the mm-hmm. early seventies. Uh, and then, um, uh, and then I really enjoyed when she was coach. I enjoyed their games. They were playing three on three, okay. and uh, it was a little different game, but I really enjoyed it. And uh, <laughs> and I part of my job in sporting goods was to travel from school to school, right. talking to coaches. Man, it seemed like these were my kind of guys and, and girls. I mean, I loved uh, talking with coaches, and uh, and so it just kind of built and built and built to. Becoming a coach. That's neat. So you didn't intend to coach girls, but you spent your yeah, whole career. I actually, Rick, I, that, I didn't decide I was going to go into coaching until in the summer. And uh, I interviewed. Uh, there was a couple boys' jobs that came open. I interviewed, and I was offered these boys' jobs, but, man, they just did not feel right. Yeah. And uh, Nazareth, which had some tradition in girls' yeah. basketball, called me the week of in-service so that's how late it got wow. to. I had decided I'd wait another year before I'd go into coaching. But uh, it's like the call from God. That, that uh, call from, uh, I had a call from a couple different people, but the, the uh, superintendent and then a school board guy called me. And wow. Felt, man, it felt perfect fit. That's neat. Yeah. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So as a coach, you know, you, you weren't, trained in college coach of course you played college ball so mm. you 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 grew up playing basketball but how did you create really that culture yeah what, what was it that you did you know i think starting out rick i think that nazareth culture was there was there already then thank god because yeah. i probably didn't know that much about really mm-hmm. and now as i've gotten older gotten older way older I think I've discovered that may be the most important thing in coaching mm-hmm. is having the right kind of culture and doing it the right way. So what's the right type of culture for you? What does that well, mean? Well, 
it means several things, but it's a it's a culture where a, a student athlete can come in and become the best they're capable of becoming, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it in the right way where we're going to learn how to be a great teammate, work with others, develop a mm-hmm. strong work ethic, and then uh, we're going to be we're going to be kind to each other, and we're going to work together. Uh, we're going to have those dreams and those visions. You've already talked mm-hmm. about having a vision, and we're all after in pursuit of that mm-hmm. vision, that dream. But uh, we got to do it together. And so, uh, and you, you know, everybody's different. So you're working with a team of, uh, in this case, a team of young ladies that are all very different. And so, and sometimes those strong-willed women, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, you know, we all have had experience with that. That's not always a perfect fit yeah but we want it to be we want it to be good we want it to be something they remember the rest of their lives and uh we, we want to do it the right way it's not just about winning although when i started i admit it was a lot about winning and it's still a lot about winning sure. even today but i think you can do it in god's way and uh and so that's god is a mentor sure. i've had several mentors but following Jesus has become the number one thing. So who, who were some of those mentors in your life? Yeah, early on I, I was uh, uh, with uh, some coaches that really helped me. I always felt like I had a good feel for the game, but I didn't know anything about teaching, mm-hmm. teaching the game. So uh, Bob Schneider here that yeah, goes to our church. Absolutely. And Dean Weiss. Dean was a longtime coach and mentor and friend. And then – it goes on and on. Yeah. And I think for young people, have as many mentors as you can. Don't Absolutely. try to do it by yourself. Yeah. Get help. I and uh, I I did that. I, and even to this day, I try to – I think of myself of a, as a learner every day, trying to get better and learn more and be the best that I can be and that God wants me to, to become. And sure. I feel like he, you know, he has a plan and for all of us and I think special talent, special gifts, and it's up to us to yeah. kind of develop those things Absolutely. to help each other, help the team. And uh, so my, toward the end of my career, it was really, we were very much about winning, but it was about developing these kids and giving them mm-hmm. opportunities to, uh, grow in their faith, sure. you know, through the public school system, yeah. which is a little different way. But um, that was the, that was at the head of that culture thing. Sure. And then, uh, but we wanted to work hard. We didn't want anybody outwork us, and yeah. we wanted to be the best we could be. You know, we talked about that in our even in our sermon series that you know when Nehemiah's and the whole city's building the wall, it's it, it ain't easy. It's it hard work. It ain't for a bunch of sissies. <laughs> it is I mean, not at all. You can't be soft. No, you have you, to work hard. You got to work hard. So, Tate, what about you as far as, you know, when did you know you want to be a coach? I think I think just growing up around the game and, yeah. and around coaches and educators was something that, that I just enjoyed being around, by, being around dad and being around his coaching friends and assistant coaches and and it wasn't something that I that I knew. I'd say at a young age that that was the the path I was going to take. But whenever I got into college and was was able to play there and be around my college coaches and see that I kind of saw myself more almost in, in the coaching aspect right. than, than probably a player even uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of my career. And 
but but just a lot of things that I loved about it was the you know, the X's and O's and the the strategy of the game and, and being around different individuals and uh, you know come together to to try to make it all work and and like like Dad said using everyone's talents differently and um, but 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 really I, I probably have a skewed view because I grew up around such a high pro le- level of success and a right. program that whenever I started out. I think like, this is easy, right? This is supposed to be, you know, like right. I, I probably saw, you know, when I, growing up less than, I don't know how many losses a year, two right. or three, most, most of the time. And, and in my first few years of coaching, I was like, man, it's a lot tougher than, than, than he made it look. Right. And so, uh, but, but just as you go on, you figure out what, what works for you and, and, uh, and, and the ways that you can impact different places. And, right. and I was blessed to coach at a lot of different places already in my career. Uh, compared to dad, who's only been at two places his whole his whole career. So, how many places have you been so uh, far? Canyon is my fifth place, okay. I believe. So, um, I, I, I kind of moved around a little bit early on until I found out, you know, the the positions that I was wanting or the mm-hmm. or the location and and uh, but I, I learned a lot from everywhere I got to be and live in different parts of the state of Texas, and sure. so that was a lot of fun too. Well, who were your mentors? growing up well it was for sure you know mom and dad first and foremost but um you know my i've an older sister lindy that was you know a great player and a great person and leader and got into coaching as well for a while and and uh but then i've been then it'd be my college coaches and the people that i was blessed to work with and work under as an assistant coach um to kind of you know get outside of the uh the uh, the canyon umbrella a little bit yeah. was to kind of mold you a little differently and right. I think that that you kind of learn you know good and bad you know no matter where you go and you try to take it to make you as yeah as good as you can but one 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 for me was was my ad at, at, at Wall was Jeremy Williams and he was the head uh, girls basketball coach before I got there we used to do some basketball camps in the summer as kind of a little I'll make make, make a little money a little job mm-hmm. and people would call dad from around the state and just be Hey, can you come work with our teams and those types of things? And he'd always have me or Lindy tag along, and right, you know, something that that we could do, you know, better than working in a department store or something. <laughs> Summer jobs, man. <laughs> we Summer went job. to camps all over. You so you know, just starting off and kind of building relationships that way. But he saw something in me that hey, eventually thought that I might be someone that could come in and and and, and lead a program. And and a few years later, he called me, and that was kind of my big break, maybe as a coach, is to. Uh, take over the wall job and I was there for eight years and had a lot of success and yeah. led me here to Canyon. Yeah, so how many you've had how many state champions? Two? Two. At, at mm-hmm. wall. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh great history there. Now I'm always fascinated by team sports. I love team sports. Now yeah. I played tennis and I played football. Mm-hmm. I, I played basketball, but J V was my my yeah. pinnacle. Uh-huh. I was not yeah. good. But yeah. I loved playing. It was just yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm always fascinated by teams because mm-hmm. you've had You've both probably had teams where you had superstars, were great players, and then you had teams that were not any superstars. Yeah. But so, what what do you look for in that team or in a player, so you know that you're going to have a great team, not just yeah. a great superstar, but a great team? Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Well, you know, lots of things there again, but um, everybody has a role, yeah. and so. Um, and you can go back in history and look at any type of organization. Everybody has a role. And and, uh, and so it's molding those kids the best they can be and to be in that role. And uh, I saw a, war, uh, 
a college team wearing a warm-up a couple of years ago that really struck me that instead of having their name on the back of their warm-up, it, it was it was role model. Everybody had role model on the back of their, uh, or no, role, role player, player, not yeah. role model, role player, yeah. role player on the back of their warm-up. <laughs> and, uh, and you think of when you hear the word role player, sometimes, oh, that's just, that guy's not very good or that girl's not. Mm-hmm. And really, it's crucial that uh, everybody becomes the best they can be. Yeah. And uh, you may have the kid that scores 15 or 20 points a game, but what about that 10th player on your team or that 12th player? And uh, so something we kind of go with, hey, if you're the 10th or 12th player, be the best 10th or 12th player in the state of Texas. And if you'll become that, it'll make our team better, Mm -hmm. whether you play as many minutes as Susie over here or not. So be the best in your role. And uh, and if you have the ability to be – a great score. We want you to be a great score, but there's so many different things you can do. You can be a rebounder. You can be a screener. You can be a passer. Mm-hmm. People that make good decisions, that's a good basketball player. If they'll make good decisions on the court, yeah. that's huge. And uh, so, uh, it sounds like you're intentional about telling your players that 12th player. Mm-hmm. This is your role. Yeah, everybody's important. Once you right. choose that team, yeah. everybody is should be locked in and feel have an important part and it sometimes it's not the role maybe their mom or dad want them to right. have and uh, you know that's just athletics yeah. that's sports yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna work at making them feel important with their job description yeah. same way you know as in a church rick you know you have all these yeah. different types of people helping and working and not everybody can be you right. uh the lead pastor but you can definitely feel an important part that the team or the church would not be as good if right. you weren't a part of that doing your right. thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely takes all everybody working together, mm-hmm. and everybody does have a role. To yeah, play, and all roles are important. Yeah, yeah. they're just uh, different. So, talk to me just a little bit, but I'd like to hear from both of y'all on uh, kind of just your leadership philosophy or. Uh, you know, leadership advice that you give people or other coaches? Uh, we'll start with Tate yeah. this time. Um, I, I think something that I've tried to do just, just with, with some teams that I've been around, especially the more I've gotten into it, is, um, you know, you know, build build up leaders within your programs. And, you know, for us, if we, we, what we kind of say is, that, you know, if we're having to hold everybody accountable all the time or if we're the only voice in the gym, if, we're, if the coaches are the only ones, Mm-hmm. Talking, then we're only as good as what we can be. If if the, when the when the players or when the the people start, you know, serving others and stepping up and being leaders themselves, and we have a chance to be special. So um, with us, we, we we try to create situations within our team and our um, practices to where that leadership. You, I guess you can start identifying who your real leaders are instead of just appointing, you know, people and. And a lot of times it's people that you don't think. I mean, it's not always your best player. It's not always your uh, the one the, your oldest kid. Right. A lot of times it's people that have it in them that, that you have to just kind of find ways to build up and to yeah. um, identify in those in that regard. And and that's something that's it's really fun to see as, as as a coach is you know which which kid steps up in these situations or who can you know hold, hold each hold other kids accountable. And yeah. uh, I think that's what makes a special team. You know, Rick, uh, having been on, uh, being in the business for 42 years and being on committees, church committees or 
uh, school things, uh, the type of person I like to follow if I'm mm-hmm. is the is the servant leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot, you know, there's lots of different different vo- uh, definitions of a leader because a lot of times you'll you'll see these football guys. Well, so and so needs to step up and be a leader or. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in basketball, if if he'll he or she will just develop into a leader, a lot of times you wonder that does that just mean being a good player, or does that mean mm-hmm. something else? And I think most time it means something else. Yeah. They yeah. they uh, and I like and I and I think all of us lead. You don't have to talk it so much as you lead by doing the job yourself. Mm-hmm. How you practice, how you perform your duties speaks volumes. It, I, I don't like the, uh, me personally, I don't like the arrogant know-it-all type leader, although it's good to have those sometimes. I'd rather be in the trenches with the ones that are leading by example. Sure. And uh, and so that's just me. That's I know, Like I said, there, I know there's lots of different kinds of leadership, for, but for me, sometimes some of that stuff can turn you off. And I, I really, I like that, that quiet, humble leader that, leads by example and serves others and sure that's impressive mm-hmm. so shifting just slightly and talking about our faith how how have you been able to integrate your faith into your life into coaching yeah and where was it easy and where is it hard mm-hmm. well one thing that i've done over the course of time is and i've learned this from other people but i like to prioritize and uh, and I've been do, saying this a lot recently, but number one is number one is God or Jesus Christ. Number two is your family. Number three is your career or basketball for us. And so those three things are all going to be intertwined. But Jesus is going to lead me into it, everything and how I. How I am with my family, Jesus is going to be the head of the table. How I work with my team, Jesus is leading that. But I'm not going to put my team in front of my family because I think that's, I think that's as a husband and a father, I think that's a big responsibility is raising your family and taking care of your family, providing for your family. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that's the priority. And I, that comes into play sometimes. Tell me about a time when you didn't take your own advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's real easy as when you become successful or, or you're trying to be successful, you're going to put in a lot of hours and you're going to sacrifice family time because you're working extra hours in your job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I could have gone into college coaching and, for me, that was not the fit because I didn't want to be gone from home. And so I wanted to be home and, uh, tuck my kids in at night, you know, just that, that was for me now, not for, not for everybody. So, uh, but what was it about you? I mean, I think you made the right decision, but that's, that's appealing. You know, that next level up. Yeah. And for you, you said it it wasn't right for you. Yeah. What about that time? Did was there ever a time that you were really wondering? Sure, I thought about those things. I think we all do yeah. because we're the lure of more money or the lure of being the best, the mm-hmm. lure of 
championships, yeah. the lure of whatever it is, it's tempting. And uh, and I want to be good. I mean, there's no doubt sure. I want to be good at my job. I'm going to do the best I can. But my job is not going to be in front of my beliefs and my faith and uh, what's really important. And, and a lot of times I call it the big picture. Sure, we can look at all these different things, but in the big picture, how do I really... What's my legacy going to be? Is it going to be yeah. just coaching type stuff? Or right. I want my legacy to be something a little different than that. And so how I live my daily life is yeah. going to help determine that legacy. It's not just that one yeah. win that we had or yeah. those thousand wins. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, how you day-to-day thing, I think. When you've created a legacy in all your wins, in all your state championships, but even bigger, you're still married. You have raised a great family. You have instilled in them. You've been a part of a community forever. And uh, and so that's huge. That's bigger than yeah. being the coach of yeah. Any, yeah. anywhere else. What about you, Tate? What leader, uh, integrating faith and um, or a time that you didn't take your own advice? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's just, it, it's all, it, it, to, to me, they're all married in. You know, to where you, you know, like like for us, our our, our family was always the the team was part of our family. Mm-hmm. You know, faith was part of our the team. It yeah. was just kind of where, you know, you didn't see a lot of separation once you're in it all the time and you're you're walking in it daily. And um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you you always get the appeal of, or I say the appeal of, you're always trying to do whatever you can to improve. And if that's more time working or that's more time. Um, you know, you, you always feel like you're you're neglecting one, which is always that's a tough challenge. I think it is and, a challenge as a leader, and and you always want to do your best, and you feel like you owe your family more time. You feel like you owe your team more time. You feel like you, you you're not spending enough time, you know, in the Bible and reading and and doing those things. And so, you know, it, it, it's a balance. It's a struggle, balance wise. But you know, whenever you keep your priorities, like like Dad was saying, you know, in order, that helps. You know, it, I think it gives you confidence too that hey, what I'm doing is right, and you know, I'm 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 setting time for for each thing and making sure that I'm not neglectful in, in any side of it. Yeah, that's a challenge as a leader though. When you have a, a family, when you're successful, um, to not neglect one or the other, and sometimes you do have to make some sacrifices. Yeah, there's right? a couple jobs I remember. Uh, uh, that I, ooh, I think I might want to be really interested in this yeah. and Tate or Landy yeah. or something. Hey, no, no, no. We want to be Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. We want to stay here in Canada. Yeah. Once you're in a place like this, you, it's hard to leave. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, that a, great the, it's a great yeah. community, yeah. great place to be raised, and it's hard to leave a place like here. <laughs> no kidding. So, Tate, for you, what what's it like being in the shadow of your dad? Yeah. I mean, that's... Well, it's, it's, you know, it's just, just getting in the profession. I, I guess I didn't really think about it early, but then I think everyone I encountered and I was, my first job was in around Waco, Texas. Well, everyone's got a Joe Lombard store and he didn't even live down there. Like, right. The first time I met Joe Lombard, he said this, or he right. touched my shoulder one time and we won the next game, <laughs> things like that. So there was always uh you know, everyone knew who he was. So, um, but 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 it didn't really bother me. I guess I was just always, you know, I I put him different, and I just kind of I guess I saw him every day, and just yeah. the things that um, that it 
you know, I guess just getting in the profession, I had more expectations on myself on how mm-hmm. I want to do it than try to, hey, dad does it this way, so I got to do it this way. Now, I do the stuff that we would do. I try, I model after him and after his programs because even right. if I wasn't related, why would you not? You know, right. it's just, but but you got to find what fits you best. Right. And there's some things that, that I'm sure that, that I do a little differently than him just because we're, we're different. We're different but, people. But um, but we but just like him, I'm trying to take the best from the the knowledge that I have and apply right. it to the the next situation and yeah. and try to make the best decisions there. But you know, coming to Canyon was obviously a whole different world of instead of just coaching. Now you're coaching in that position yeah. and and but you know we're, we're we're very thankful that he's still helping us out and and they kind of see that we have a. It's not, I mean, as much as I'm going to internalize and take it where this is my responsibility, you know, we have a great coaching staff and mm-hmm. where we can, you know, it's, we're, we're in it together. It's, you know, I know he's not putting all the pressure on me, just like our other coaches aren't doing the same thing. We're, we're kind of helping each other. And, and, and I think our kids see that, that it's not a, a one man show. Right. It's, it's a, Hey, what's the best things we can do to, achieve still regardless of who's the head coach (laughs) yeah rick i've really enjoyed this uh uh, being an assistant i'm looking for some different things than i did as a head coach i'm finally and i'm having a blast doing it and uh you know when the staff enjoy the staff has the same vision and uh same goals in mind it's fun working together to try to achieve those things and to help help the team be as good as we can and I, you know, uh, I want to have fun every day. And uh, the fun, though, comes from your planning, you know, your game plan. Yeah. I know we talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit, and you're, but you're, it, it, feels, it feels good when you can put things and make them work yeah. and develop those things together mm-hmm. with your staff because it's uh, – uh, when you're doing something as a team, uh, it's not – like you said, it maybe as an individual sport, I get that personal satisfaction. But when you're dealing with other people, to me, that's just a notch up. Yeah. When you have more people involved, and and then you can share those yeah. great times and those successes, mm-hmm. or those bad times. You know, you can share those with other people instead of putting everything on yourself. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it is fun to be able to. Remember the time we. Yeah. It's yeah. we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And that's something that nowadays uh, in coaching, uh, I think one of the challenges is uh, it's about the team. And so each player is very important. But, hey, Susie, it's not just about you. It's about the team. Mm-hmm. And what can you do to help the team be better? Yeah. And thrive in that position. You have a great opportunity here to – help the team it's not just about you and whether you score so many points or get so many shots or make all i mean it's about the team what can you do to that's where your value is really at yeah so i'm tate as you were talking earlier about you know being in the shadow of your dad but you're your own coach Mm -hmm. and you've taken the best of what you've seen from your dad but you and integrated into what you do but you have your own ideas and new thoughts Uh So often, um, uh, leaders try to imitate another coach, and they don't take into account their own mm-hmm. gifts and skills. And we're not—you're not your dad, mm-hmm. but you can take the best. So, wh- what have you taken from your dad specifically? 
from what he has done that you've seen would work, whether it's you or someone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think first is his relationships with people, just how he treats everyone fairly. He treats them, you know, if, if he says hello to everyone that walks past him, just little, th- what yeah. seems like a little thing is really a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just just the way that, that he is around the community, around the the school. You know, he talked to every kid. He would talk to every custodian, every secretary. I mean, just yeah. they had their own little relationship there, even if it was just saying hi. And um, coaching wise, you know, his organization was is great, and he's he's always planning. If we go, to, if you go over to their house right now, he's probably riding stuff down, <laughs> planning still. Researching, yeah. learning, yeah. just trying to get better, trying to find the new thing. Mm-hmm. He's not—he's not one that's set in how he does stuff. Where hey, like we did this in 1985, and we're going to do it for the next 30 years. It's, and that's what we've had other coaches like. Our, we have an assistant coach right now that came in, and he's new to our staff, and he's—he's he, amazed at how, you know, being for coaching as long as he did that that he likes to evolve and I think you have to that, that that's that's the longevity piece yeah. if you you know you have to learn and evolve and and uh and find things that are that are relevant now or new that can help us and and that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to to open my my knowledge of the mm-hmm. game to hey what can help us and make us better and not be stuck in the way that we right. did it this way may not work now and right. you know I think those are a few things um you know, his, his, I think that we have a similar demeanor when we coach, and I've heard that, that we sound alike and we <laughs> we talk with our hands and we, yeah. we kind of have the same demeanor on the bench. And right. uh, everyone says we're really calm, and but I know in, internally he's the same way. Internally we're, we're <laughs> fighting even though it doesn't look that way on the outside. And, right. and so I think, you know, you just learn and you take, but I think the biggest thing is you have to be yourself regardless. And, um, if I, like I said, if I try to be someone I'm not, then I'm going to do a disservice to my players and my staff and, yeah. and to, you know, you just have to lead the best way that you know how to lead and that's sure. all be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And, and that's all that we can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Early in my career, Rick, I can remember trying to be like Bobby Knight and yeah. uh, trying to be like some of these guys. Cause I you're watched, from Indiana. I watched right? on yeah. TV. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, the kids can see right through that. Yeah. Right. Fake. <laughs> right and uh and so you a lot of times you learn through failure mm-hmm. you know you become better through failure you you it, it's a great learning tool i think is absolutely failing so well tell he, me about a time of failure where you learned yeah well there's probably a lot of them <laughs> we are we're in the process we're writing a book right now i'm mm-hmm. writing a book with john mark blue so Babs kept a scrapbook on every season. There's 42 year, 42 scrapbooks. Wow. And as I go through those scrapbooks, there's lots of failure where, you know, we lost a close game and we let one get away. And God, if we would only, as I look back, yeah. if we'd only done this or that. And so, uh, you know, there was times though when I failed, when I think I could have helped a kid more. And I look back, I think, man, that that was a, I didn't handle that right. That was a wasted opportunity. And when I was young, I was really uh, a little more sensitive. If somebody tried to challenge me with something, hey, I'm going to fight every fight. I'm going to battle everything. I'm going to, all of my shoulders. And as I, hopefully as you get older, you get wiser 
and you learn there's a lot of help out there and you don't have to pick you don't have to fight every battle you can pick the important ones but if you can learn to uh well i think if you'll be kind to anybody you meet i mean whether it's your enemy or whether whoever it is i think that's a virtue and if you'll work hard at at your craft you know develop that uh god-given thing that god gave you to whatever it might be work hard at that and uh i think if you'll do those two things i think that's really and of course we talk about being a good teammate all the time if you'll just be help this team be right here be as good as we can make it you know i mean i can help do my part but uh uh yeah there's just i don't know maybe something that god gave me was that ability i want to keep learning and uh during the pandemic i was telling tate man i don't know how many clinics and lectures i watched you know because mm-hmm. you're home on the computer right. <laughs> it was a hundred i know at least mm-hmm. i watched a hundred different speakers and trying to pick up that little thing that might help us. Yeah, and, and this, uh, and this is, shows you the kind of person. This was after he retired. So right. yeah. He's already retired and quit. You know, right. this is my. Yeah, and he's still watching these yeah. online clinics, trying to help yeah. our team because yeah. that's just how he is. That's just that was but, something. Maybe, like I said, maybe that's something the Lord gave me as yeah. way I can contribute in some ways. And never thought I was ever the smartest guy, but I. Uh, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do a good job. And, and it's, you know, we need to, I need to simplify things. And when you simplify things, I think that makes things go a little easier and yeah. easier on the team if we can keep things simple. But uh, it's fun, the challenge yeah. of yeah. trying to be the best we can be. It is fun. And I, I, I read a book. I mean, I read a lot, not as much as you, Rick, but I read one of the books I read this year was Why the Best are the Best. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's written by a basketball coach, but he, he's a guy that talks to corporations and he talks to many people. And uh, yeah, I wanted to figure it out. And uh, really, book. the best are, it comes down to you just, you work hard at it. Mm-hmm. You do things the right way. Uh, little things make a difference. And uh, it's like I was telling our team the other day, something about grit. Grit, and, it, and there was a book entitled Grit that I read a few years back, but if a person has grit, that gives them a better chance of succeeding more than what who your parents were, more than what your intelligence is. But if a kid has grit, they have a chance to be the best they can become and so grit you know to yeah. me is kind of a day-to-day thing it's a grind yeah. out just keep working at it and I, uh, don't give yeah. up you know that kind of thing i love people with grit and I, <laughs> yeah. you know we i work with a lot of college students and you know you can see you know in young ministers and, and people and they can get knocked down by mm-hmm. just experiences but i just love to see them get up and just say i I'm going to learn from it and I'm not going to do yeah, that again. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's something about someone who just won't give up and will just fight through it and, uh, yeah. and not even uh, get, not get bitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, you can or blame anger. it on somebody yeah. else yeah. or yeah. blame it on something or it's, else, but it, it's fun to see those kids come into uh, 
seventh grade that aren't very good. Yeah. But you can tell they've got, in, in as many years of my coach, I can, a lot of times I can tell little things on what I think the way she's going to turn out yeah. by the time she gets into high school. And it's fun to kind of watch those kids develop and, yeah. uh, and uh, become. I think that's one of the things I've always been impressed about what you've done, and I know it's second nature to you, but you've developed players from second grade. Mm. And so it's not just that you're the high school coach. You're the, the city of Canyon girls <laughs> from, you know, that you've involved yourself. And I, and I know that's second nature, but that's not second nature to a lot of people. Yeah. That they're, your... they're just waiting until they get to me. And then yeah. I have nothing to do with them until, no. but yeah. you, you've involved yourself in their lives and helping them. Yeah. Tate and I have talked about that, but that's kind of your lifeline in mm -hmm. coaching or really exactly. in anything yeah. Is, yeah. is developing those young people and uh, creating the culture yeah. that, uh, is going to be something they want to be a part of. And, uh, and uh, so I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's also fun getting to getting to see those kids early on and hey, who likes it yeah. at this age and who's who's already playing or who who we need to get you know who needs to play and just you know just to uh, but to kind of see those kids improve year in year out or mm -hmm. grow and develop yeah. and, and, and so then that's that that's a whole nother part of it that's fun that you know, a lot of our stuff that you see is our varsity team and. But really, it's all the the sub varsities, the junior high, the yeah. fifth and sixth grade groups that we already know by name. That's right. that's fun, you know, for right. us. That's very cool. And you know, a talent's important, but it's the grit. It's the mm -hmm. it's the day to day work that really separates. And yeah. uh, and so it's you know, there's uh, what's that book I read by John Maxwell? Talent is never enough. Mm -hmm. And I. I Talent helps, no doubt, but yeah. <laughs> but you can really right. develop yeah. that yeah. as you go through the process. Yeah. You've probably seen people who were talented but yeah. never amounted to anything. Some, and you just, see a lot. You you see these stories out there on TV, you know, or you know, and especially in athletics, since that's yeah. what I watch a lot of ESPN. But those great, some of them never had. They didn't. They didn't see that talent themselves, or they wasted it. Mm -hmm. And uh, where they had an opportunity to be a Michael Jordan or a LeBron, right. and uh, but some of them got in trouble in high school and didn't take advantage of their yeah. God-given gift they had. Well, a couple more questions here, kind of wrap up. But uh, you're talking about being a reader and learning all the time and constantly learning. Give me two of your favorite books, just that uh, anyone watching would you yeah. would want them to read or to well <laughs> yeah uh i read a lot of uh of course as a coach i was always trying to better myself so i read a lot of leadership type books and uh and so years ago and i think doug cowan got me on to john maxwell i read a lot of john maxwell stuff mm -hmm. and talent is not enough was one of those books recently i've gotten into uh, john gordon john mm -hmm. gordon is uh writing a lot of neat things that uh for aspiring mm -hmm. coaches and athletes and uh i just read kimberly dudley in fact recommended this book in the garden mm -hmm. and it's written by john Gar john gordon and talks about people that have anxiety and stress and fear and how that's really more the work of the devil than it is god creates 
has created us to be mm-hmm. in his image. Yeah. And That's so great. those those fears that we sometimes have in our head are really, it's not from God. It's not from you. It's more from Satan. And mm-hmm. so how, you know, how can I help kids understand sometimes we all have those yeah. thoughts and things, but how can we uh, not give into that kind of stuff? And sure. so anyway, that was a book I just read recently. Um Gosh, uh, I've read some autobiographies. I really enjoyed the Jerry West story. Jerry West was a—he's yeah. an idol of mine growing up, and uh, to all the man, the tough home life he went through, and uh, basketball was his out. He mm-hmm. he dove into basketball, and that is what kind of made him into into a man. I I I remember reading some Billy Graham stuff, and. Uh, and I remember reading, uh, and, and I like some of those autobiographies and him telling that, talking about having a role. His dad came to me, came to Billy and was like disappointed in himself that he too wasn't a famous evangelist or a preacher. Mm-hmm. He was in another role. And, uh, so, and then I've read a lot of John Wooden books and, uh, John is uh, Coach Wooden, I think, was considered. I think he was voted the greatest coach in the 20th century. And uh, but the, the last book I read on on John was uh, uh, it went through every season, kind of like what I'm doing with mine a little bit, and uh, all the heartache and mm-hmm. all the adversity you go through, even though you're the voted the greatest coach of all time you still got to go through all this crap you know and mm-hmm, you do. deal with these things and uh so that inspired me i mean reading about other people and and so uh so i think a person could be inspired by a lot of different yeah, books and sure. i know tate has read some different ones yeah. too that um what about you tate what what books? Yeah, you, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a non a nonfiction reader. Like I just I, I I guess I say fiction for the movies. And stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, if it's any type of coaching, like a coaching legend or type of coaching books or yeah. former players that have good insight, I like those. One that I really like is like a Jay Billis toughness book, and just mm-hmm. kind of talking on, you know, what makes a tough player or a tough program and things like that but uh, we, we've read some John Gordon books uh, with our teams and oh cool and uh, yeah the energy bus the energy bus last, last year, year with the kids yeah and it's so, a good yeah I have read that one yeah just uh you know a lot of things um uh, lead for God's sake is a great book for coaches about how you know coaches take every internalize everything and then they're just it's making everyone miserable around them, you know. And so, <laughs> right. you know, just kind of puts gives you a lot of perspective on the gift that you That's have. Great. And but those are those are some ones I can think of right now. That's neat. So, when does your book come out? Well, we uh, we first our goal was Christmas, but I don't know. It's going longer, than I think. So it may be after the first of the year. Okay. But uh, I really have enjoyed John Mark Ballou is an awesome writer. He is, and I've yeah. really enjoyed working with him. We meet twice a week, and so, but he's he, man, he he goes in depth, and he he, what I think is not going to be that he makes it into a great story, right. and so he's a great, great storyteller, storyteller. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he's doing a great job with that. So 
that uh, and I, in this book, it's not just about my story or my life, but I'm putting in there things like I have a section there of things I've learned. And so he asked me to do 42 for 42 years of coaching. And Ooh, I did 42 things I've learned. Learn. And there's, there could be a million things. Yeah. <laughs> and, That's great. Uh, and then there's tips for young coaches. And then there's uh, Babs and I just did one on uh, being a coach's wife. And uh, uh, that was fun to do. Uh, and so we're, we're going to do that a lot. That could be a whole interview <laughs> itself right there. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Brought the spouses in. they yeah. a whole different A whole different perspective. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I might have to do that. So uh, everybody has a story. Yeah, and, you know, as you yeah. talk about, we all have our own story. Yeah. And um, what I thought was maybe semi-boring with mine, I maybe I think he's going to make it sound pretty yeah, good. And, and uh, But I want to... The reason I want, I've asked I've had people ask me to write a book for a long time. I wanted to wait till I retired because sure. I didn't want I didn't want to take away from the team and my focus on the team at the time. But I really enjoyed it and uh, and it's brought back a lot of things. And Kyle, there's there's it hasn't just been hundreds of players. It's been thousands of players that you find out you've worked with through basketball camps yeah. and besides all the teams and stuff. So. Yeah. It's a. It's been a joy putting this thing together, and I hope former players and I think the average reader might find some things they like in it too. So, but it's Mm -hmm. it's things I've learned, and the the title is more than a coach. And I, as we mentioned earlier, I didn't want to just be the all time winningest coach or the one of the most state titles. I didn't want it to. I don't want it. I want to know there's more than that. and I, I've dealt with the same thing that people deal with, and sometimes I wonder more on just failure and adversity and not achieving my goal. I, you know, I've gone through a lot of this stuff, and don't give up. And yeah. you know, there is a God out there, and He's pulling for you. You know, yeah. and and it probably doesn't matter how many games I win for me to go to heaven. I don't. I know <laughs> God wants me to do yeah. well, probably, but He's probably not. Yeah, your record's probably not that big a deal. Yeah. Maybe it's more about, hey, Joe, what were your relationships and how'd you treat other people? Right. And Absolutely. You know, how'd you grow in your faith and demonstrate that? And uh, so took me a while to figure that out. And I'm still working on it, but uh, yeah, there's That's awesome. things out there. I love it. Well. I so appreciate y'all hanging out with me today. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Thanks. And, uh, yeah. just, Thanks for all you do, Rick. Our, yeah, no, our church, I mean, your leadership, <laughs> when we went through the pandemic, is, man, you should get an Academy Award for that <laughs> because your leadership. No one is trained for that. <laughs> Let me just tell you that right now. No one yeah. is trained for that. I know as a coach, too, it's just like yeah. this is nothing we've had to deal with. Uh, yeah. That's why I've turned it over to here. Right. <laughs> you picked the right time, didn't you, yeah, to yeah, say yeah. Oh, we're done. It's a different yeah. challenge. It's a different challenge. <laughs> There's always something new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, always something new. But uh, I appreciate your y'all's uh, your leadership. You're part of the community, your faith. You're part of this community. And uh, it's been fun getting to know you. Thank you. Years. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And coming back to Canyon, too, and getting to know you and your yeah, family a, as well. A lesson for it's our family and yeah, all the kids. We, we've loved it. Yeah. We're excited for the time ahead. Awesome. Well, I'm going to close this in a prayer, okay. and then uh, and we'll go from here. But thanks, God, for this time together, uh, for these two men, for their families, for their legacy, for who you've called them to be. Uh, thank you that uh, they live their faith uh, and uh 
we just pray that you would continue to guide us every day uh, in all that we do. We give you praise. Amen.